You're listening to the No Name Photo Show. It's not spouse approved. It may or may not be safe for work. We'll see. And now, here's your host, Brian Matias, and me, Sharky James. So, Brian, here we are. Amazingly, episode 35. That's right, Sharky. We have quintrision tuppled our episode output. It's been a little bit of a hiatus, hasn't it? An unplanned hiatus. It happens. <laughs> we, yes. We, we People, if they listen to my show, they already know this and they know what's going on. You're in the process of moving back to Portland, Oregon. I am still sick, as you can hear. If you listen to TWIP, and we're going to get into that, TWIP 522, you know what's been going on in my life as well. And things, and just the flu has knocked us both out at some point, And it's crazy. Yeah. So first, before we kind of dive in sharky usually ask me a question right brian what would that be could it be what's on today's show it's either that or what's on your gear shelf those are like the only two questions we ask each other <laughs> but but yeah so uh, on today's show i figure let's we'll spend the first half of it kind of talking about the hiatus and, and why we were gone for about six weeks which is kind of crazy uh, and I, I do think that there's some important stuff here, especially with your TWIP uh, episode, which, again, I, I think a lot of people should listen to, as well as my own kind of creative uh, funk that I've been going through. So we'll start with that. And then just, you know, to kind of keep things topical, we've got a story that came out, I think, last week with Petapixel about a photographer who was forced to check her photography bag, like this Think Tank photo roller bag, and then... <laughs> It had about $13,000 of camera gear, and I don't mean to laugh, uh, but it got lost, read stolen in transit. So with that, Sharky, before we begin, how are you doing? I'm doing great, Brian. You already know that. I know, but I like to ask. I want to be polite. So Sharky, let's start with the hiatus here. We've been gone. In fact, I checked uh, our website and the the last episode was obviously episode 34. We published that on May 15th. We're recording today on June 25th. So with all that being said, what has gone on in your life? I know you've had kind of a hectic, hectic time, uh, and I think it'd be fun at least to to include the audience in into that. Oh, yeah. It'd be, it'd be fun to talk about our problems. Let's do that. Well, I think it's important. I mean, I think I think uh, one of the reasons why we have such a great audience and Sharky, before we begin, I do want to thank, we have received so many emails, messages on social media through our contact form, listeners who are asking like, hey, is the show still around? Are you guys okay? Is everything good? Uh, that to me, every time I received one of those messages, on one hand, it was kind of uh, heartfelt and painful because there's nothing more that we want to do than to put out episodes. But I also believe, Sharky, that we would rather take the hiatus and get to a point where we can deliver our best possible quality than to put out something that's subpar uh, if we're going through a lot, if our minds aren't into it, or if our hearts aren't into it. So yeah, Sharky, go ahead. That, that's absolutely the way to be. I mean, even on my show, like I've had, I used to be on a Sunday, Thursday kind of release schedule and then it's gotten all messed up recently. So, you know, the episodes come out when they come out every few days, every five days, whatever. It's important to have quality, just like with your photography. You don't want to put out subpar work because then you're putting out subpar work. You shouldn't do it just to do it. Part of the thing is just showing up. And so here we are. <laughs> now, if you listen to this episode in the future, like a year from now, you can be like, I don't care about your hiatus. I was listening to 34 and 35 started playing. So there's that. Yeah. But for those of you who are listening live, you know that there's been kind of a, like a six-week gap. So, so yeah, future listeners, 
just kind of ignore this part or if anything, listen to it and it'll give you some insights into how even though everything on the surface for, for creatives sometimes, especially in social media, may sound like uh, everything's kind of hunky-dory, you know, there are some real things that happen and it's important to have kind of a support system and know where your boundaries are. So, Sharky, why don't you tell people if you want to recap, and again, I'm going to embed the YouTube link to your TWIP episode at the show notes at nonamephotoshow.com. But why don't you give people a little bit of an update of uh, what's going on with you? All right. So in episode, that's episode 522 of TWIP, Frederick Van Johnson and I went into a deep dive about depression, anxiety, suicidal thoughts. I know it sounds horrible, you know, and, and those topics are horrible if you're going through it. But it was actually a fun episode because we make things fun. You can't make it all depressing. We don't want someone to kill themselves right after the episode or any time. So we made it a little bit lighter and we just talked honestly about what's been happening. And so in my life, let me just backtrack a little bit. So my parents, you know, you're part of your, not part of your parents. You are, well, you are, you are equal parts of both parents. And so if either of them has a certain issue, there's chances that you're going to get it. We all know how that works, right? So both of my parents have anxiety and have had that for their whole lives. And my mom has depression. And, you know, there's bouts of depression where it's just horrible and you don't want to get out of bed. And other times where, you know, it's just kind of mild or so. And it's never been crazy for me, the depression or anxiety. Like, I'll wake up and I'll just be like, well, do I really want to continue doing the podcast? Like, what do I want to do with my life? And then I shake it off. Like, we're talking, it's like, poof, gone. So that's good. But anxiety-wise, my anxiety got to the point where I had to get some help. I had to go to a psychiatrist and get on meds. So I'm on Zoloft. You know, I made that my pick of the week on Twip. <laughs> no, you didn't. <laughs> yeah, it was a joke. You haven't, you haven't even listened to it yet. So some support system you are. I Brian haven't Matias. listened to anything <laughs> intentionally. I, and I'll talk about that in my part, but go ahead. So once you listen to that, you will hear how hilarious that was. So what Zoloft does is it's a serotonin something reducer uptake inhibitor. Some, I don't know. It's an SSRI, whatever it is. And it makes it so, you know, I... I still get anxiety and I know it's there, but it's like, oh, whatever. But it got to the point where I was still putting out shows. It was not a problem, but it was like, wow, like this, what's this? What's this feeling that I'm feeling? It was just like this energy, you know, and you like, you have to like, you know, hop on a, on a treadmill or something, which I tried and it didn't work, you know, to get rid of it. It was just constant for three days. And, you know, it wasn't like I didn't want to get out of bed or anything, but I dealt with it, you know, you just have to deal with it. But the anxiety came from, and this is a dark moment, people. I'm just prepping you. My wife, beautiful woman, wonderful, hilarious, just smart, amazing woman. She has bipolar disorder. And so some days are better than others. You know, it's high highs and low lows. And uh, since she's nine years old, you know, she's almost 49 now. She'll be 49 in August. So for about 40 years, she's had thoughts of suicide and she's had attempts in the past. And she... Depending on which day it is, she either wants to live, kinda, or die. And despite therapy and and meds, uh, she takes a ton of meds. And going through that whole process, she still has that problem. So I wonder each day, like, is this the day where I'm going to find out? You know, knock, knock, knock. Sheriff's deputies at the door. That's heavy stuff, right? And and a lot of people have gone through that. So we work through that. We try to make things as good as possible. So, you know, those thoughts aren't there as much. But then also what the kicker was this last December, the day after 
our daughter turned 14, she slit her wrist and tried to kill herself. So, and then went to the hospital, was hospitalized at a treatment facility for nine days. It was a thousand bucks a day. That's a lot of money. And um, since then had two more attempts. And it's been, as you know, because you and I are friends, we talk explicitly, you know, a lot of stuff. And actually, really quickly, just so that everyone is aware, like your family is totally like they know they gave you the approval to talk about this. Just so anyone is wondering, this isn't Sharky just kind of airing his stuff. And I applaud his wife and his daughter for, uh, you know, allowing Sharky to to bring this out. And I don't want to interrupt, but I just want to bring that out there that this isn't just Sharky kind of taking it on himself. He has total blessings from his family. I think that, the, you know, talking more about this stuff is super, super important. No, absolutely. And I mentioned that on TWIP. I should have mentioned that here too. Yeah. I had a conversation with my wife and my daughter and they're like, no, absolutely. Go ahead and talk about this because it's important. People need to know this stuff. And since doing that episode, I can't even count how many messages and emails and everything I've gotten from people, not only in support of me and my situation, but also saying, I've been dealing with this as well. And you've inspired me to get some kind of help. And so just one of the reasons why I wanted to do that show was because if just one person was helped, that's awesome. Like we can help people with their photography all day long, and that's great. What's greater, helping someone stay alive, you know, for their family and for themselves. And that was awesome. That was great. So a lot of people have been like, hey, you know, I had a really dark time when I was young, you know, really dark stuff. Like they, everyone tells me everything, which is fine. Go ahead. And um, I'm there for you. So if anyone wants to reach out, you know, you know how to reach me. So they're like, you know, I went through a dark time and I worked through it and I'm better now. I still have the thoughts, but knowing that you and and, uh, look how great. Okay. So our, our lives look great, right? It's like, you know, you were Sony artisan, you're a Zeiss ambassador and all this stuff. And people know you and, and, you know, I've achieved some success with the shows and, and we've accomplished things and it looks great, but guess what? Everyone has lives, you know, people get divorced. Everyone has problems. So what I said on that show is, you know, it's like, as bad as your life is, remember, Sharky's got problems too. That's great. We're all in this together. So it, we try to put on a good show and we try to like, like I said on Twip, we try to make people take them out of their lives for a half hour at a time and, and enjoy what they enjoy here, you know, photography. And it's, we don't want to be depressing and stuff. And so you don't, you don't, you don't come on and talk about how depressing your life is or whatever. You just, you man up or woman up and do it. Right. Absolutely. And I think that's an important part. This is, you know, we are, Speaking, you and I are, are are very fortunate, and um, you know, for me, I know every time I would hear from you, you know, give me updates, I'm always thankful. And uh, you know, Sharky and I talk all the time uh, on on Messenger, and I I've seen firsthand the the effects with his daughter, and I know that when Sharky started seeing a therapist and taking medication, so it's great to see that you know this. I think it's important to show the this <laughs> yeah this. You have a great podcast. Um, I've had my successes, and that's great. But there's still everyone is still human and subject to some real problems. Uh, and I think by us sharing that the problems, one, I, it adds uh, some sort of a relatability between the audience, and also it just like you said, if even one person's like, "Hey, man," is reassuring to know that other people are going through this as well. You know, and I'll just spend a little bit of time on my end. So we moved out to Nebraska last year just about a year ago from time of recording. And I, I will say that it was, we, we moved out with the best of intentions. You know, we thought that the cost of living 
here is much less than uh, in Portland, Oregon, which is where we moved from. And uh, we thought we'd be closer to Nicole's family and all that stuff. Turns out all of that was, I don't want to call it a mistake, but it definitely was not the right decision for us. You know, we, we hardly see her family and neither of us really anticipated just how much of a creative hit moving here, especially from the Pacific Northwest, the, the toll it would take, not just on our businesses, but just simply in our our ability to create. If anything, it opened my eyes to how tied the ability to create is to my general happiness, because especially over the past, I would say six months, just, just steadily, um, I've, I've rapidly descended into this huge kind of funk at the same time. So like, like you, Sharky, in the wake of September 11th, the terrorist attacks in New York City, I also went to a therapist because I developed this crippling fear of flying. And so the therapist prescribed an anti-anxiety medication called citalopram, which I had taken religiously every single day from then until maybe two months ago, because for some reason I decided to begin a process of weaning myself off. So I, I started taking, you know, half dose and then quarter dose until I stopped. So I've been off of it now for a few weeks. So I don't know, you know, there's been a lot. The creative hit I took has hit me in terms of my ability to create new products. I feel like at the same time, there's, it's just been a lot of kind of like a perfect storm of situations that while not nearly as uh, serious as the stuff, Sharky, you're going through, respective to, to my situation, has been very impactful. And so, you know, for a long time, I just stopped everything. Social media to me was a cancer. Just the thought of sharing something on Instagram or on Twitter made me nauseated. I couldn't stand, I started resenting everyone because I knew that everything people were sharing was just manicured and kind of like cherry picked and people that I started, you know, I considered friends. I started just getting sick of them as well because the persona that they have online on social media is totally different than the person they are uh, when I when I talk to them. And I just got sick of that kind of duplicity. And the thing is, I, I will tell you straight up, the person that I am online is the same person that, you know, if you were to talk to me, you know, if we were standing in real life. So everything about, you know, this kind of hustle uh, to, to make it online as a photographer uh, really got to me and it, I kind of just had to stop. So it wasn't until maybe 10 days ago, I think we were flying back to Portland and that was the other thing. So finally we decided we need to get out of Nebraska and um, it took three months. We finally sold our house and we found a house uh, in Portland. We went uh, last week, we found a house. We're moving in a month from now. And I mean, I think in the wake of that, in, of that reality, I'm starting to feel better. And I started getting more serious about us picking up the show again, starting to record again. And then I also created a new series on my blog. I just finished part two, but part one is out there. It's called uh, Breaking the Block. And I thought, you know what? If I put myself out there like that, my real issues, as transparent and honest as possible, I'm hoping that one, it'll be cathartic for me just by, you know, writing it out and putting it out there. But two, it'll hopefully show at least one, like you said, Sharky, at least one other person that they're not alone, that other people are dealing with this stuff. When I lived in Portland and I was firing on all cylinders, like my creativity and my health and fitness, they go very much hand in hand. So when I'm creatively charged, I'm also firing on all cylinders. I'm working out. I'm eating healthy. I was in my peak shape. I was like 190 pounds and just everything felt great. If you go on my YouTube videos, you'll see that go to like 2016, 2017, those videos, you'll see that's where I'm kind of like in peak shape. And then if you go further and further along, like I put back on about 40 pounds, I'm at like, I'm not quite at my heaviest, which was when I was 
at Google because of when I worked for Google, Google has all the most amazing free food you can eat. And I, I definitely partook, but I'm not quite there, but I'm close. And so, um, you know, it's, it's kind of like an evil cycle. So with that, not to kind of go too far, far down, but we're moving back. I'm excited. I know Nicole is excited. I'm super happy that he, you and I, Sharky, are here recording this episode. And I, I'm excited for the, the future, like what we're going to be doing. I think it's the way to be is just to be yourself. And okay, so tell the audience, like, how am I in real life compared to how I am on my show and on this show? That's, I think, one of the reasons why you and I get along so well, even when we're not recording, is because it's not like when we hit the record button and scene and we start performing. This is who we are. And I also believe that that's why people really resonate with this show in terms of specifically the two of us. And I thought about that, Sharky was like, like, what if... Would the show be successful if it was me and someone else or you and someone else? The answer is no. No, but I do think I think there is because our true personalities carry over from our private conversations to, you know, this public one. That is something that I respect and I admire. And that's something that, in fact, I mentioned with this Breaking the Block series. I was at a Starbucks today and I wrote the second part. These are kind of more long form posts. And this one is all about the, the, the titles called The Company You Keep. And it's one of those parts was, like I said, kind of, I have kind of cut out people who act one way, you know, these like high and mighty, you know, super people on social media, but in person, they're completely different. I don't need that in my life. I only have a very, very finite attention span. And I need to make sure that I'm filling my my time with people who they're good people, but also who have my best interest at heart. And if you're kind of a duplicitous person, you know, you're one person this time and you're another person diff- another time, that's not the kind of person I need in my life. Absolutely. Because, well, you and I with our problems, we don't need any of that nonsense. Seriously. (laughs) It's what that, right? That's what it comes down to. You know, I decided a long time ago that I wanted people in my life, even if they were going to tell me something that was not going to be pleasant for me, you know, I want to at least know what the truth is, you know, so tell me, just be straight up with me. And so that's painful sometimes, like, ouch, that really hurts. Like, okay, so what I did was not cool, whatever. And then you deal with it. But you know where you stand with people. And that's how you and I, I think, feel. We want, and, and when we encounter people that are phony like that, it's just, it's so depressing. There's people in this business, most people are cool, but there's some people in this business, and we're not going to name names who are no. just completely not who they are at all. And it's not just like, oh, hey, I'm, you know, keeping my problems from people, whatever. It's just they're completely two different people. Like they're playing a character. Right. It's ridiculous. But listen, Let's not turn this too much into kind of like a talk help kind of radio hour. We actually do have a topic that we want to talk about. But before we do, Sharky, I want to give you the last word. All right. I'm going to put a fine point in this for you. It's important to get help, even if it's just reaching out to somebody. There are helplines out there. And we should, you know, like, for instance, you can text the word help or anything really to 741-741. And so, you know, if you don't want to talk on the phone, maybe you're crying or you're just really down in the dumps, but you, your thumbs work. Those are fine. You can go ahead and, and text somebody and get some help. And my daughters use that. My wife's use that. And it, it helps people. Now, I wanted to say before we get to the next topic that you mentioned your store, Matias.com. And I know you don't want to plug that and all that stuff, but you do create products. And your wife, Nicole Z, Nicole S. Young does as well. I talked to her and she was so kind to give a code. So if you go to NicoleZ.com, which is N-I-C-O-L-S, I can't spell, 
It's the word Nicole with S-Y. N-I-C-O-L-E-S-Y. That's right. Dot com. If you go to NicoleZ.com, she just came out with, and the reason I mention this is she just came out with what? Two books. Are they both about Luminar? Or I know one's about Luminar. One's about Luminar and one is for On One Photo Raw uh, 2018. She gave me a, a, a code. It's NNPS20. And you can either spell 20 or just put two zero. I recommend the numbers. That'll save you some time. And you can get 20% off at NicoleZ.com. Cool. Yeah. Uh, she mentioned something that she might be doing that. I didn't know that she spoke to you about it. But yeah, it, to me, it's uh, I'm biased. Obviously, I'm her husband. But I do know firsthand just how much work she puts into this stuff. And I would defy you to find a, a more polished product on this on this particular subject matter. On top of that, just I know that the, her customer support, the way she kind of prov- provides that support is amazing for just an, a single individual business owner. I mean, listen, she makes decent money, good money, and this is what she does. So if she's able to make money this way, obviously she does a good job of this. She has good products. So that just speaks for itself. So anyhow, Brian, what's our second topic? Sure. I saw this story on uh, Petapixel. It was published last week on June 20th, and the title is Photographer, American Airlines Lost My camera gear worth $13,000. So as soon as I see something like that, my eyebrow goes up because God, first of all, I, I thought, why would you ever check your photography gear? Uh, the premise of the story, Sharky, is this, is that this award-winning photographer, Michelle Frankfurter, says that she was flying back from a project and American Airlines uh, redirected her flight. I don't know, I guess weather-related or something. But when uh, she was leaving from Chicago O'Hare to DC to Reagan National Airport, the attendant at the gate forced her to check her her camera bag and from what i can see here it's a one of those uh, think tank airport bags so it's a roller uh, you've seen them sharky and i guess they i don't know what kind of plane it was i assume it's it was like a smaller Embraer or or a crj 900 like one of those regional jets and for whatever reason they made her gate check the bag saying that it would be available for her to pick up at the sky bridge when they land and i've done that before for like if i'm carrying on my luggage like my my clothing I've, i would never ever ever check or allow to check my camera bags but lo and behold sharky uh, they take off in chicago they land in dc and poof the 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 bag is missing it's not anywhere to be found so she put her uh, her plight on twitter and i guess it got picked up obviously by petapixel i think actually you were the one that that brought it up to them sharky you were telling me and then i guess her and american airlines have gone through a bunch of back and forths the 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 first question anyone would probably ask reasonably is like well okay is her gear insured and so there's this one line in the article that says frankfurter does insure her equipment but her insurance had lapsed and nothing was covered at the time of loss which is a very odd sentence sharky because you you know you either have your equipment insured or you don't it's lapsed that means you don't so right there to me there are a few things first there's no there's no excuse and i feel badly i'm not trying to be overly harsh or pile on this photographer because i feel for her but there's no excuse in terms of if you're especially she's this is her business to me i I don't know first of all i don't understand how your insurance can lapse i know as far as i'm concerned i'm on this like auto pay system i don't even know when I get billed because they just charge my account and I always, I get every, like twice a year, I get this gigantic thick letter sent to me with all of the policy terms of my, of my camera, not just my 
camera equipment insurance, but my business insurance. You know, I have my liability insurance. And I have that through the Hartford for anyone who's wondering in the US. Um, the Hartford, I think, is owned by MetLife, but that's my provider. Well, do you want to say how much you pay like for that? So like for photographers that want to know how much insurance costs to cover your gear and Sure. I, I want to say I pay, I pay about $650 annually for $2 million of liability insurance. So that's in, in the event, Sharky, that let's say I'm on a shoot somewhere and I accidentally knock over a really expensive uh, you know, light fixture or damage a piece of art. I have $2 million of, of liability insurance there. Or if I'm with um, a workshop group, more, more realistically or more to the point, some places in order to get a permit to photograph on location require you to list them as kind of a co-insured so that if someone on my workshop group falls and breaks an ankle, they can't sue the park or whatever. They're insured under my policy and I have them covered. Um, but also it covers every single lens. Anytime I get a new lens, I have an email address. I email them with the lens and the serial number and they update my policy. Anytime I sell a lens, I email them asking them to remove that from the rider um, just to keep everything up to date. My laptop is insured. My iMac is insured. Every single piece of audio gear for this podcast is insured. So that's one thing, Sharky. But have you, let me ask you something. Well, have you, do you fly often? Cause you, I don't know when was the last time you flew. I barely get out of this room. The last time I flew was with my daughter when we went to Chicago and uh, that was October of 2015. So oh, it's been a while. My God. Yeah. I don't, I don't get out much. I, okay. well, hey, but you know, if you're going to have what's one of the most popular photography podcasts, the Petapixel Photography Podcast. You're going to have to work your butt off. And listen, I'm not flying to the Grand Tetons. Thank you. I had to shoehorn that in there for those sure. that missed it, you know, just for sure. sake. For good, uh, good form. Good form. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. But um, yeah, I've got things ready to go for when I need to fly. Like, for instance, you mentioned uh, Think Take Photo. I've got the Tenba and, you know, full disclosure, and my audience knows this, Tenba advertises on our show, Petapixel 20, 20% off. You know, you can go to lenshark.com slash deals and, and get all those codes. But I've got the Rody Aircase Roller 21. I should just make that my pick. But uh, I was I had another pick. And this is like their regular rollers, except for if you needed to, you could check this bag and not have to worry about it getting damaged because it's got that hard plastic foam, whatever stuff around it. So it's like they're hard cases. So it's like a regular roller, but you could check it if you want to. A traditional roller, even think tank uh, rollers, unless they're you know really the kind that you can check, you could get them uh, your gear damaged if it you know tosses off the the conveyor belt or whatever. So you need to make sure that if you did have to check your baggage, that it would be something like this. And it's a little spendy. It's like 430 bucks or so, but you know, 20% off. That's what, 80 some bucks? That's not bad. And when I do travel and if I have to check my gear, I would use this, but hopefully I would not. You don't want to do that because the TSA and anybody who can get a TSA key, which you can get, people have those out there, you know, they can get in your bag. So even if you have something that will protect it from falls and bumps and all that, somebody could steal your gear. So you have to get it insured. Yeah. And the thing was, again, I don't know. It really, there are a lot of variables here and we can make all kinds of presumptions. The fact that she was using a think tank bag and the roller has the think tank logo on it. If the baggage handler has any sort of knowledge about cameras, you know, that's a known like, oh, it's a think tank bag. There must be camera equipment here. So that's a telltale sign. With that said, I don't use rollers, not for any reason. I just, uh, I use my roller for my clothing. For my camera stuff, I've switched pretty much all to Shimoda bags. So I use the Shimoda Explorer 40 and the Explorer 60. Now here's the thing. Uh, first, going back to the think tank bag, 
I don't, unless she had multiple carry on bags, I don't understand why she didn't just take it and put it under her seat, uh, assuming there was no more overhead space. But fine, let's not, let's assume that's not the case. For me, in the event that someone was like giving me, you know, like you can't get on this plane unless you check your bag. And at the end of the day, you really do have to listen to, you know, the flight attendants and TSA. I mean, they're, they're federal employees and they can make a big headache for you if you, if you make a scene. But I do also believe that, you know, know your rights. It's important to know your rights. With that said, the reason why I really like the Shimoda bags is because one, they, they fit in pretty much every overhead bin that I've used. But two, in the event that they're like, listen, that bag can't come on. I have the, the way it works is that the internal core units of the, the bag are kind of modular and removable. So when you buy one or you buy one of those core units from Shimoda, each one comes in kind of like a, a its own little bag and that bag. So like you have your core unit and that's where you actually put your gear. And then there's kind of like a, a surrounding bag which has, which you can zip up. And then it also has little eyelets so you can put a shoulder strap. So worst case, I can just grab the gear and pull it out of the bag, you know, the Shimoda bag and have it with me. And I can have it just on my lap because there's no way, there is no way I would get on a plane if they didn't let me carry on my camera and technology equipment. I would, I would ask them to put me on a different flight, worst case scenario, because especially since she was coming home from a project, it was already done. She wasn't, she didn't need to get back home or she didn't need to get to the project. She was already done with it. And of course, it's easy for us to kind of sit here and armchair quarterback this situation. But I know for myself, and I suspect a lot of people listening to the show, Sharky, would be in the same way. There's not a chance in hell that I would ever let anyone, whether it's even gate checked, meaning like it, you know, right from the the jet bridge to get under the plane it still is in someone else's hands and and so there's the theft issue and then there's what you said Sharky listen you know people are people and especially if it's like a, a heavier bag they're gonna the odds are they're just gonna kind of chuck it onto the belt and I, I don't need that on my mind yes there are people who um they have too much stuff that that goes beyond just a single bag photographers and videographers in those cases yeah they've got their pelican hard shell cases that are locked can't stop you from theft it'll make you know if you have a nice lock on it it'll make it harder to to open but as far as like my cameras the lenses and my laptop those things go on with me and if they don't go on with me then i don't go on the plane well like michael carney said over on the uh at the petapixel photography site <laughs> at petapixel.com not the podcast in the in the in the uh comments there he said if your career hinges on a single set of equipment you insure it that $500 a year premium doesn't seem so bad to her now i bet yeah and listen i i don't know the, to me we can go back to the insurance stuff that was uh the most disappointing thing was you can't you know she calls herself an award-winning photographer and she's a professional photographer you instantly lose kind of credibility in my book if you call yourself an award-winning photographer which is great and you're traveling for a job or a gig and you don't have your insurance it's it's almost as bad as if you weren't in an llc or a corporation to begin with or you weren't paying your taxes the one thing i will say i am kind of happy is that i don't see any sort of gofundme page or like an indiegogo like hey can help crowdfund my gear because i lost it like i'm glad i don't see that because that if there's one thing that makes me see red it's that a lot of people use that as their insurance policy and that's not the way to go so you need to get insurance especially if you're in business i don't know what happened you know it said that it lapsed so 
I'm thinking she didn't re-up her policy or maybe she missed a payment. And if you miss a payment, they have an out. They don't have to cover your stuff because you missed a payment. Sure. So that might be very well what happened. So anyhow, we should get on with the show because we're already like 47 minutes in or so. We should be quick with whatever is coming next. I don't know. It's been a while. Well, I think, you know, there's a question you usually ask. So what's the question? Brian. What's on your gear shelf? Oh, Sharky, it's been so long. I'm so happy. I'm so happy to hear that question. So what's on my gear shelf? I'm excited for this one because I think it's atypical, but I think that photographers and creatives in general would really appreciate this. And it's not that expensive. So what I'm picking is it's the Oculus Go and Oculus kind of pioneers virtual reality. So, you know, those headsets and the hand controllers and stuff like that. So a few months ago, they released what's called the Oculus Go. And the reason why I like it is because unlike most, like 90% of virtual reality experiences out there, those are like you buy this little kind of headset unit and you put your phone in it and it kind of uses your phone's display to give you the virtual reality 360 degree immersive experience. And so uh, that's not the best experience. The other side, the the 10% is those really expensive rigs that you have to connect to a Windows computer. And those typically give you some really cool experiences. The thing with the Oculus Go, it's it's $200 for the 32 gigabyte version and then $250 for the 64 gigabyte version. Why it's great is because it's all self-contained. It has kind of its own internal little computer. The reason why I'm picking the Sharky is because, yes, there are cool VR games and stuff like that. But from a creative or a photography perspective, there are some amazing virtual reality 360 degree content. There's stuff uh, in in uh, that I was watching in Cambodia and like Angkor Wat just gives me a full perspective of the 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 kind of scenery, and I can see this being a really unique an immersive experience for photographers who want to scout locations. Of course, assuming that someone has gone out there and filmed that area in 360. And that's something I actually want to do when I move back to Portland. I want to get a 360 camera. I know you've got one for your iPhone, I think, that you did as a pick. I've got a couple. I've got the Insta 361. That's the one that you can whip around and do bullet time. And it's really cool. And then I've got the uh, Insta360 Nano, which is for the iPhone. And then for the Android, there's Insta360 Air. Yeah. I mean, they're all, uh, what I want to do to this point is, even with an iPhone or an actual, a more kind of robust 360 camera, is create content filming in uh, you know, various trails in the Columbia River Gorge so that people can kind of get a more immersive experience and plan and scout when they're going to go shoot you know, what they can experience there. So that's my pick, Sharky, is the the Oculus Go. 200 bucks, 250 bucks, not that bad. And I will say that I've tried a bunch. Like I've got the Sony PlayStation VR, and I've tried a few other VR uh, head units. This one is quite excellent for the price. Nice, good deal. That, that stuff's really coming along. So I'm going to make it really easy. And my pick is going to be what I already said, the Tenba Rodi Aircase Roller 21. And if you want to save 20%, use the offer code Petapixel20, P-E-T-A-P-I-X-E-L 20. That'll knock off like, what, like 80-something dollars off there, almost 90 bucks. And that's it. And the pick that I was going to pick this week, I will make another week. I don't want to make this a super long show for everybody. So there you go. Excellent. So I think this is a pretty good show. Don't you think yep. so? If we say so ourselves? And I do say so. And, you know, it's, it's good to be back. It is. And we're going to stick around. Yeah. Good deal. So, Brian, why don't you tell people where they can find you and where they can find us? Briefly. Go ahead. Briefly. All right. So, us, you can find us at nonamephotoshow.com for all of our show notes uh, and at nonamephotoshow on the socials. 
me. I'm at Matias.com, M-A-T-I-A-S-H.com. And again, I highly recommend you start checking out the Breaking the Block series, the Creative Growth series. And then I'm at Brian Matias, B-R-I-A-N-M-A-T-I-A-S-H on all the socials. Sharky? Awesome. I host the Petapixel Photography Podcast, petapixel.com slash podcast. Look it up in your favorite podcatcher. Type in Petapixel, P-E-T-A-P-I-X-E-L. I'm Lens Shark on all the socials. We just gave away an awesome Aperture Amaran light. We've got some other great stuff coming up. So a lot of giveaways. So definitely follow me over on the socials, as you say, and you will be aware of those. So what do you say we clap it out? Let's do it. Here we go. One, two. We'll fix it in post. No, we won't. Love you, brother. Love you too. Bye. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to the No Name Photo Show. Sharky and I would be thrilled if you would subscribe in whatever podcast app you're using and tell a friend. How about we do this again next episode? Yeah, let's do that. Thank you.